Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, dew sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Tomorrow's gonna be better than today. Hey everybody, welcome to Grilling at the Green here on AM860, The Answer, WEEU back in Pennsylvania and the Golf News Net. I'm Jeff Tracy, your host, uh, formerly and uh, usually known as JT. We'd like to thank the folks over at Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended, and also uh, Scott White and his crew down at Ben Hogan Golf, home of the Ben Hogan Demo Program. No risk, no obligation. You can find out more at BenHoganGolf.com. Well, you've seen him on television, especially if you watch the Golf Channel, and you probably do watch the Golf Channel if you listen to this show. Uh, he's a, a real up-and-comer, so to speak, even though he's not 12 years old. Uh, he's And it's uh, Sean Lanny from, well, I know him from Langdon Farms, but he's also got a facility up in Washington, I believe. Sean, welcome. Good morning, Jeff. Thanks for having me on the show. No problem. So let's let's revisit a little history first. How did you get uh, started in this crazy world of golf? Well, I got uh, started back in Southern California. My mom took me to the driving range. Uh, you know, my Nana was uh, best friends with Phil and Tim Nicholson's uh, grandma and basically just was exposed to golf through that connection. And my mom took me to the range and we hit a bucket of balls. And next thing you know, she was getting me another bucket of balls. I think the classic, uh, perhaps parent mistake that, um, parents do, they just get buckets of balls after buckets of balls. Next thing you know, the kids are just kind of hitting and having that rapid fire approach. But that was kind of my first draw to golf. I, you know, I had probably maybe that one swing that, um, you know, brought me back to the game. And, <laughs> you know, once you find that passion, that love uh, for the game, and you, you hit that one shot that, uh, you know, really does resonate as like that, that feeling that you get like, wow, that was incredible. I hit it and the ball went way up and way far. And, you know, it's just a, just a funny thing to look back and like, realize that you know the kid who grew up playing soccer and and ice hockey and baseball you know i moved and shifted into golf and uh once that happened once that day really transpired i think a few weeks later i had to earn you know the the approval of my parents to go get a set of golf clubs because my dad's uh you know 1970 set just wasn't going to kick it for me and sure uh, you know it was a lot of fun i played my final year in high school and i um, played for a couple community colleges uh, before going to kind of wrap up my last two years uh, playing in San Diego. And 
Uh, and then I just followed the pursuit towards the dream of playing professional golf. And I, I did play for a couple of years. I played for three years all over um, Canada, all over the West Coast on all the different mini tours that you could try to make a living on. And, you know, it, it was something that I'll, I'll never forget being able to play anywhere and everywhere and try to actually make a living chasing a white golf ball. Um, you know, I had reconstructive elbow surgery after, you know, after things kind of broke down in my arm and, um, you know, fortunately I had a college degree to fall back on and, you know, basically pursued building a business centered around coaching and being a coach. Um, and I was very lucky. I had a bunch of mentors, uh, in my career. I, basically started in California moved out to Hawaii and, uh, worked for a wonderful man named Jerry King. And, uh, he introduced me to a guy named Mike Malaska and Mike Malaska in Las Vegas was my mentor. And, and then eventually I just, you know what, I'm going to just build what I feel is, is my instruction business. And, um, and it's been, it's been extremely rewarding. And, um, obviously I'm centered and based in Portland. I have uh, Langdon Farms and like you mentioned, the golf locker up in Vancouver, Washington is my brand new indoor facility. Um, and I'm, we're extremely pumped. We're extremely excited that, you know, we're up and running and uh, it's been a fun couple of months since we opened up. You know, you talk about that one shot, Sean, and that still happens. I mean, when you're an, uh, an old hacker like me and you get around and you, you know, you can shoot in the low nineties, mid eighties, whatever. And, and that's fine for me. I'm happy. I have no delusions of, you know, um, shooting in the upper sixties. You know, I wave that, right. I wave that goodbye about the 12th hole. See ya, you know, <laughs> like that. <clears throat> but last week I was working with Bruce, <clears throat> Bruce Furman out at Langdon and we were working on, um, you know, working with the driver and stuff. And I hit this one shot and even Bruce went, holy. And I won't say what he said next. Cause this is a public radio show at this part. He goes, it's a miracle. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. And, uh, I mean, he goes, you don't need me. You need an agent, which is, it's a joke folks. Okay. But the point is, is you still hit that one shot once in a while. That is just pure and perfect. And that's what keeps that big fish hook right in your heart for playing this game. Yeah. I think yeah, it works really well. Um, so you'd say <clears throat> on your uh, website and some other stuff, you say you take into consideration the player's unique goals, what they are capable of physically achieving by extensive training and understanding how their body works. Um, so right. I, I, I want to pose a question to you. How important is it for people to kind of keep in mind the old Clint Eastwood, uh, Dirty Harry saying, you know, where it says a man's got to know his limitations. Um, that that doesn't stop you from wanting to achieve more. But when you get older, you get thicker, and that's just natural. You get some aches and pains, and as they go on, they, they get more extensive, uh, especially if you were played sports or did outdoor activities when you were younger. Um, so how important is that when you're teaching to know when to say, I think we've done just about all we can do with that. And you may not say right. that out loud to them, but that you've got to be able to say this guy can't turn or this lady can't, you know, <laughs> cr crane her neck or do whatever. 
Yeah, so every single player upon meeting them, uh, whether they're a, a player that I've worked with for six years to six months to maybe just one session, the initial time that I meet them, I definitely at least go through, you know, a, a movement screening or like my training is uh, basically been tied up with uh, TPI and Titleist Performance Institute. It's a screening from a golf fitness performance perspective. And so if I have to, if I have to check somebody's, um, you know, ability to do a squat, which means I'm testing that to see how they might actually physically shift, how they might shift pressure so they can get into their lead side and they can actually physically deliver the club down into the ball and they can actually hit and compress the golf ball. Well, I might test that. I might look at somebody's trunk rotation. I might look at somebody's forearm rotation. Uh, a typical assessment is 16 assessments and it typically takes, I don't know, takes seven, eight minutes. So we're not going to go through and we're not going to waste a ton of time. And in fact, I, I may even do this um, in the very, very beginning, but I may also just kind of opt to focus on specific things if they're trying to acquire and build on certain skills. Um, you know, let's, let's use an example. A, a, a player hits the ground before the ball or they actually miss the ground. They miss the ball and they hit the top of the ball. Mm-hmm. Classic scenario where they cannot deliver the club down and they cannot deliver the club into the ball, into the turf. So where do we start? Obviously, they've got potentially a lot of movements from side to side. Um, from a turning perspective, from a shifting perspective, they may really struggle and so I have to look at what they're capable of because if they have a goal of hitting the ball, hitting the ground and hitting draws and they're three out of five shots, they're, they're miss hitting and hitting the ground before the ball. And then the other two, they're kind of hitting the top of the golf ball. Then, you know, we've got some, we've got some things that we have to attack. And, you know, quite frankly, it's, um, it's working on what's needed. Like I, I mentioned, if they have unique goals, uh, I have to give them what's relevant. I have to give and address and assign challenges and skill sets that are actually going to be relevant towards helping them with their specific things that they're trying to improve on. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back with Sean Lanny from Langdon Farms and other places. And we're going to talk some more about uh, his techniques and his golf schools right after this. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT, and uh, we'd like to welcome you here on AM860, The Answer, and the Golf News Net and WEEU. Our friends over at Langdon Farms Grill have their Friday night prime rib specials. Uh, it's on Friday nights. What else can I tell you? It's really good. Uh, you get the, you know, not only a piece of, nice piece of prime rib, but you get all the sides, the baked potato, the salads, you know, a little bread and all that. And it's at a very reasonable price. excuse me, you can check them out at Langdon Farms or just go to the grill and have a good dinner with your uh, family, your wife, your whoever you want to. 
If you want to email us, it's really easy. Just golf at SalemPDX.com. We're also on Facebook, Grilling at the Green. Uh, same with Twitter and all that. So, Sean, you have a, um, a, a glass half full perspective. Now, you know, that saying has been around for a long time, but to really implement it actually takes some really cognitive thought. Would you explain that to people, what your process is on, you know, trying to keep it half full, kind of the positive approach? Yeah, well, you know, golf is basically an emotional game. And psychologically, as I discuss this with players of all ages in that, you know, initial coaching session that I call a new player, new student assessment, um, if you expect to have success right off the bat and you expect to have uh, more great shots and more made putts and lower scores, uh, that will eventually happen. But most importantly, I think the, the thing that I always kind of tell a player is, you know, you have to understand percentages and you have to understand kind of the way things shake out. So uh, I always tell a player when we first off, go through the assessment of a, of a putting session and, you know, the, the psychological make and miss scenario. So, you know, I'm going to, for starters, explain to the player that you're going to make your putt and you're going to miss a lot more putts. It's just a matter of being able to recognize if your green reading, your ability to aim, your ability to control speed, if you're in control of those three elements, and you can actually hit putts in that example, and you can feel like you actually gave it your best or you read a putt correctly, you aimed as best as you could, you controlled speed and pace as best as you could. Like That's really where you have to look yourself in the mirror and go, you know what, I actually am fairly happy with that missed putt. Um, eventually, you'll put all those wonderful things together and you'll physically make a putt. And that's the same scenario when you look at your short game stats and your full swing stats and, you know, your driving of the golf ball. If you have massive mistakes and you have a variety of mistakes, then that's kind of where technique and mechanics come into it. If you hit the ball and the ball curves right and then the next shot curves left and then the next shot you hit the ground and then the next shot you hit the top of the ball and the ball goes dribbling off the tee, like that right there is a very clear-cut sign that you have technical, mechanical flaws that are causing many more issues in your golf swing. So, you know, in that case, when that player has all those different mistakes, that's where I have to kind of like give them that emotional support and that half glass full mentality is such a, a resource and asset that I feel like I have because I can help the player psychologically realize like, hey, you know what? I didn't have my best stuff today. So, something was specifically off with my approach towards my full swing or my wedge play or my putting. So, you know, I think that, you know, I had to ask this, answer this question the other day for a, a teaching award that I was just um, nominated for. And, you know, the whole philosophy and approach towards coaching. I mean, honestly, I really try to physically get people comfortable within the first few minutes because my, ability to get them comfortable and lighten up and not be so serious and so intense bottom line is we're just 
trying to learn how to hit a white little golf ball <laughs> at a specific goal. And like, you know, if it doesn't go according to plan and the, the ball doesn't go straight or we don't hit it on the green, like the beautiful part of the game is that, you know, there are four shots in golf. You have putting, you have chipping, you have your wedge play and you have full swing, not to mention all the other intangibles, like the mental fortitude and overcoming bad lies and, the equipment, the golf fitness element. I mean, there's so many things that go into golf and, you know, it, it's just the perspective. I, I share my, my background as a junior golfer. Um, and again, the way that I was brought up, um, I had coaching very early and he, uh, Lyle Archer was a, a pro in Yorba Belinda at Yorba Linda country club. And he was fantastic. Um, I still to this day realize. Uh, he had a massive dip of tobacco in his mouth as he was coaching me. And I was maybe 15 years old and my dad's standing there. And I always had to ask my dad, like, what is he spitting out of his mouth? Like I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. And, you know, I, I was kind of maybe a little jaded by that. And then now, like I would never, I don't, I don't use tobacco products, but I would never with a client in front of me, let alone be chomping on a piece of gum. Um, it's just not in my jam to be in that position where maybe the player doesn't feel comfortable. I clearly was not comfortable with him spitting every three seconds and nothing against him. He was a genius instructor. He helped me immensely. Uh, but going back to like my number one goal, um, I have got to get a player comfortable in the environment because they are so stressed out. They are literally on stage hitting balls and my eyes, my techies are basically evaluating where they're at and you know i always tell a player if good shot or bad shot i want to check into their athleticism or lack thereof athleticism and you know really just um kind of see how they approach golf see how they approach making swings how they hit shots uh, how they grade and accept shots i always tell a player after they hit a perfect golf shot or a lack thereof perfect golf shot i want to see where their expectations are and i'll tell them hey on a great on a scale from one to ten ten's the best one's the worst how would you grade that golf shot you just hit and that tells me like where their expectations are whether they're realistic or not um and you know for the most part a player might flush a shot and they may grade it as a six and i might grade it as a ten and, uh, you know, ultimately, again, that kind of tells me where things are at with their acceptance of good shots versus bad shots. So um, it's definitely interesting, um, you know, working with different personalities, uh, different um, work ethics. And, you know, ultimately, that's what coaching is all about. There you go. We're going to be back. Uh, Sean Lanny and I will be back in just a minute. Don't go away. Hey, it's JT, and this part of Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Ben Hogan Golf. Check them out online at BenHoganGolf.com. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT, your host. Today, we've got Sean Lanny with us. Uh, we'd also like to thank the folks over at Painted Hills Natural Beef. Uh, kind of like beef your grandpa used to raise. If your grandpa was a farmer, you know, and if you went to grandma and grandpa's house or they sent some home with you, it's really good. This is better. And also Ben Hogan Golf, tour quality clubs at factory direct prices. That's benhogangolf.com. And don't forget, 
one of Sean's hangouts down there, Langdon Farms. Their grill has a prime rib special. And uh, it's not too late, or it's not too early, I should say, to start planning your holiday uh, gatherings. You can call Langdon's Grill and make some reservations if you're going to have a family get-together or whatever. You can do that. So let's get back and talk with uh, uh, Sean some more here. Is it, you were talking about um, the golf locker and how, you know, people can come play the simulator and stuff. So I've got a question for you. Do you ever find where a simulator or like Aimpoint or any of those actually don't help the player? Um, well, a, a simulator. If you're if you're going into a simulator trying to uh, play golf versus practice to gain an understanding for the breakdown of what the cause and effect that takes place that causes some ball flight issues versus, you know, going in and utilizing a simulator to actually build an understanding for your gapping and your yardage control. There's, there's so much, there's, excuse me, there's so much and, and many options to choose from that, simulator technology basically can help a player but if if a player just like taking a lesson if they get too much information if they get uh too much information that they're not ready for then a player or just an individual will go into a kind of a system christ down you know lockdown and there's too much info and the computer in their brain now just doesn't know how to handle that so in a simulation experience, you know, we've got, we've got a, over 150 golf courses that uh, a player can come in. I have side-by-side -side technology simulators that is supported by Foresight Sports. They're actually called GC Hawk, and it's the best of the best in my eyes in the industry because basically uh, the graphics and the technologies allow for us to either play golf, get into a simulated range environment, um, what we call know your numbers, where you could actually go through and understand exactly exactly your gapping and your yardage differences for all the clubs in your bag, uh, or you can go through skills challenges and combines that are uh, testing your skill set for your wedge game, your iron iron play, and ultimately how far those clubs actually perform. Um, all of, all of those bells and whistles, players that specifically are in like my monthly membership program, they may use the combine one day and they may play a few holes. And then the next time they come back, they may go through, know your numbers and know exactly how far every single club is going to go from a carry distance. So there's no guesswork and they're not going to do it all in one time. They're going to do it in say a practice session here, practice session there. Uh, and ultimately, all it does, it really just allows us to really pinpoint exactly the performance of that player and how, you know, how their current state of their game is at and how they're going to get better with the performance factor. When it comes to aim point um, at the golf locker, I actually have a SimTurf custom built putting green that's centered around aim point specs. So I have right to left putts, left to right putts. Uh, straight putts, uphill putts, downhill putts. So bit, pretty much any direction the putt could potentially break, the green is built that way. And I have a Sam Putt Lab 
that uh, mirrors onto 75-inch TVs. So the player can basically hit putts, they can get feedback, and they can look at a massive screen directly in front of them, and they can get the feedback on what their strokes produce. And quite frankly, it's, you know, again, it's, it's getting us to understand that, like, there should be one thing that that player does in a simulation session if they're getting a coaching session or if they're going through and they're working on knowing their numbers. Uh, they may find out that their setup has one flaw or their sand wedge and their pitching wedge go the same distance or their seven iron and six iron have a two-yard gap in regards to how far the ball goes. So obviously, you know, we can tap into our old faithful Keith Lee, which is probably the hands-down best club guru, golf repair guru, uh, down at Langdon Farms. Uh, You could actually go right through my website and fill out a uh, questionnaire to access his services. And if I have players that have lost in my issues, or they need their grips uh, rebuilt or the clubs lengthened. Uh, he is the man in Portland that I would absolutely rely on. I wouldn't turn to anybody else uh, to support my players in their club repair needs. But, you know, uh, Aimpoint is, to answer your final question, Aimpoint is going to be very simple, um, especially indoors. I can, I can teach small groups in my uh, facility in Vancouver uh, called the Golf Walker. Um, on this putting green, it basically gives us the capability of training to feel small and subtle and severe slopes. And then we can blend that in to short putts inside of four feet. And that's a strategy that we give a player and vice versa. If they don't have a four putt, then we're either going to work on a one-way breaking putt or we're going to work on the final strategy, which is a multiple breaking putt. And, you know, quite frankly, there's not a lot of guesswork. We almost eliminate any guesswork that a player will actually have uh, as it pertains to what they're trying to get out of their game. So, um, you know, I really do uh, feel that the most important thing that we can do in golf is we can simplify an extremely difficult game. And COVID did bring a ton of golfers into the world of golf. So all those listeners out there that maybe feel a little, um, overwhelmed with with golf and maybe their lack of playing golf in an extremely high level and having fun and enjoyment in the game. Like there's some really good coaches out there that know how to simplify the learning process. And I think there's also a lot of coaches that are extremely smart and they throw out all that wonderful technology and that wisdom and that knowledge that, that, that they have. And that's kind of maybe against the, the grain of my coaching style. I really try to slow things and, and, and really help them understand the solution that we're trying to put in place so that they can actually physically get from where they're at to the next level that they strive to play at. And it might be the player that shoots 110 and then he learns aim point. And next thing you know, he's knocked off 15 strokes. Um, so there's a lot of different examples, but I definitely try to take the approach where we really try to find a simple solution. We put the solution in place. We teach the player how to practice. And then ultimately it's one foot in front of the other. Once they learn how to practice then they know how to actually work on specific skills to get their game to a point where they're playing golf at a higher level, gaining a little more enjoyment in the game. And that's going to go a long way. There you go. Speaking of uh, enjoyment, here's our here's our weekly tip from Bruce Furman. 
Hi, this is Bruce Furman. I'm the Director of Instruction out at Langdon Farms Golf Club, and I'm going to give you a little tip today. And should you get your golf ball uh, fitted, should you? they do fittings at the different clubs and, and different manufacturers do, Titleist and all the different ones do that. And there are differences in golf balls, so I think it would behoove you if you're a serious golfer to get fit for the right golf ball. Uh, the two-piece balls are the ones that go the farthest, so if you need more distance, they go go the farthest, uh, and they spin the less, so they're not quite as good around the greens. And they are the cheapest balls, so if you're you know, on a budget, that's the ball to get, or you're more of a beginner. Something like the Titleist Velocity or the Callaway Hex Diablo, those are the two-piece balls. Then they have three-piece balls. Those are pretty good for your regular average players. They, they're good for moderate swing speeds, and there's a lot of those. I'm not going to get into all those. And then there's the multi-layer balls, the four-piece and five-piece balls. And they're the more costly ones. They're, they're like the Pro V1X or the TaylorMade TP5. And they're actually designed to, to spin less with the driver and a little more with the wedges around the green. And everybody, if you're a beginner or, or so forth, you think you might need that ball. But I think you're better off getting fit for the right ball for you and not just stepping up and trying to buy the most expensive ball or the ball the pros use. So keep that in mind when you go to buy golf balls. Thanks. Thank you, Bruce. We appreciate that. Uh, Sean and Bruce actually work together down at Langdon Farms. They kind of work at opposite ends of the driving range some days, I've noticed, but they do work together. You can find more about Bruce and Sean. Go to the uh, Langdon Farms website, click down on instruction, and you'll see both of their smiling faces. We're going to take a break here on Grilling at the Green and be back in just a couple minutes. Don't go away. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT. Today we're talking with Sean Laney from PGA Professional Golf Channel Academy coach, uh, Langdon Farms, uh, the Golf Locker. How do you get all that stuff on your business card, man? Um, it's, a, it's a full list, but I'm, I'm trying to really dumb it down, simplify my, my business card. Um, I'm not as intense of a golf coach as I used to be. I'm really trying to like hone it down. I have a, a 16 month boy, <laughs> excuse me, 16 month old boy at home. And I am uh, a lot more interested in being front and center in his life. So my, my business cards might be a little bit uh, smaller and um, less details on there, but you know, bottom line is I can be, uh, offering my client services at Langdon Farms. T- typically, I'm there Thursdays and Saturdays. I'm at the Golf Locker, as well as my uh, PGA staff at the Golf Locker, as we're now a PGA-recognized indoor facility. And, um, you know, it's, it's uh, super rewarding to put all these uh, offers out there for golfers in the greater Portland, Vancouver area to really come in and see what we have to offer. It's, um, it's a cool hangout. We've got music playing. We've got uh, a couple of restaurants that provide meals um, for small groups, birthdays and events. And then you can come in and you can use simulators and virtual range technologies and just really get more out of your game. 
sounds like kind of an adult version of a Bullwinkles. And I'm not being a smart ass. I'm just saying it's, it, I'm glad you did that because I think that's, you know, that's fun. I, I'll give you an example really quick because this is a short segment, but my wife doesn't golf. Okay. She does like to watch golf sometimes on the majors, like on the Sunday and stuff. And especially when Tiger was playing, you know, and all that. And Phil, she gets oh, yeah. a kick out of him and all that. <clears throat> but to have a kind of on the top golf golf model where you can go and it's, you know, you can have a group of people, whether they're all golfers or only a couple of them are golfers and the, the rest of them can, you know, sit back and, and have a Coke and a sandwich or something, whatever, while you're doing your thing. I think that's a really good model to get people involved because you never know. Sometimes they'll put that clubhouse sandwich down and want to go pick up a club and take a swing. Yeah. I know there's there's been some new indoor facilities in um, South Portland, and they've they've opened up because I think the demand and the interest for. But the difference is, you know, I don't have a bar setting. I'm not there to get players liquored up and right hit shots and get silly and get wild. Um, it's a golf culture, and you walk in there. I've got unique artwork on the walls. I've got. Uh, a Travis Matthew Nike tailor made, a bunch of training aid, retail shop in the very front. Uh, it's sixteen hundred square feet. I've got two simulators in the putting green, and quite frankly, we regrip golf clubs, we bend golf clubs from a from a loft and life perspective. Uh, if I'm not utilizing Keith Lee down at Langdon, but you know, for the most part, it's it's getting the serious golfers and uh, and the and the parties that I host, that birthday party that I host, the corporate events that I host are. Our, it's a controlled environment. Our coaching staff, we basically help players out when they have questions about how to hold the club or how to stand sure. or how to swing or, or whatnot. So it's uh, it's a little different than the bar scene that you might see at some of the other simulator locations that probably are doing a really good job bringing the masses in. But I really focus on retention. I really focus on quality experiences that the golfers that come into the golf locker, they have the ability to go, okay, you know what, this is, a smaller venue, there's less people, especially in the world of COVID, people are still worried about that. And all I'm really trying to do is just create opportunities for, you know, the growth of the game to be one thing, but, you know, giving golfers tools and assets to tap into. And, you know, ultimately if they can take their game to a new level and we were a part of that, that's really all it comes down to. Well, it <clears throat> sounds like, <clears throat> sorry, I got a frog in my throat this morning. There, Sean. Um, it sounds like a really uh, fun and interesting time, especially if you're interested in golf. Uh, you know, it's a great atmosphere, relaxed, but yet you can get some great information out of it. And I know that um, I've been in situations like that where things were really intense for your 45 minute lesson. And uh, then it, it's kind of just over. You know what I mean? It just, it's, and so you've, like you said, you can't always retain everything. It's kind of like sitting in biochem class when you were in college. You know what I mean? It just, there's so much to grasp that you can't get it with one trip through the door. How can people find you? Yeah, so thegolflocker.co is our website. We are going to offer any of the listeners on your show, whether it's a um new student assessment for a hundred dollar flat fee, or if they want to come out and experience our simulators, they can buy one hour at $79.99 and they can get a second hour for free and they can bring up to two guests. 
And that's going to be good for the entire month of October. Sean Lanny, folks. Sean, thank you for being with us today. And we'll be back next week with another edition of Grilling at the Green. Take care, everybody. Grilling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, All Rights Reserved.